Episode 9, The Lightning Network, recorded 25th of November, 2019. This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. Visit coincompass.com for more information. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So, Faris, what is Bitcoin Lightning? Hey, Gordon. First of all, it's humorous you're asking me because I learned most of it from you. Um, Not true. So, <laughs> so for those of you joining us, basically what we try and do here is Gordon explains the tech side of Bitcoin to me. And then if I understand it well enough, I'll try and pass on those basics of Bitcoin um, to our listeners. So my understanding of Lightning, and we did write about this in one of our recent newsletters, which uh, there should be a free link available. Um, so essentially, Lightning Network on Bitcoin allows for micropayments. This was one of the big criticisms Bitcoin was getting in that you couldn't make small transactions um, quickly. So with Bitcoin, um, referring to Satoshi White Paper, it was designed as a currency, but comparing it to Visa, MasterCard, you can't make a purchase and pay for it on the spot. It takes about 10 minutes. So the Lightning Network was a way around this. And the example that we used um, in the newsletter is when you go to a bar and you leave your credit card with them. And as you go back several times throughout the night to order some food or some drinks, they keep the a tally of what you've ordered at the bar. And then they only charge one transaction at the end of the night. Same thing if you leave $100 at the bar and you end up spending $78 then at the end of the night, they just close your tab and give you $22 change. So Lightning basically works the same way. You can open up a Lightning channel with a vendor or with another person. You can say, you know, go 30 days or five days a week, you get a coffee from your local cafe and those you know, $3.50 add up at the end of the month and at the end of the month, you close that channel. So that basically was one way, and very good way, of addressing Bitcoin's micropayment solutions in that rather than 30 different transactions going through, it's one transaction going through at the end of the channel when it's closed, and you're only paying one fee at the end, or two fees, one to open the channel and then one to close it, rather than 30 different fees. Now, Gordon, have I missed anything vital technically? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's a great suggestion. Uh, sorry, that's a great uh, analogy of the uh, person paying at the bar. So is it just about micropayments? Like, for example, obviously waiting 10 minutes for even one confirmation, um, 20 minutes for two confirmations is too long when you're buying a coffee or these sort of small payments. So that's an obvious solution. But is there any other solutions that Lightning solves? So is it just the time and the uh, cheap transactions fees or is it is there another reason behind not using on-chain transactions the only other thing i can think of there is um 
where you can open other chains between people. So for example, if I walk into a cafe and I've got an open lightning network with that cafe, you've come in with me. Um, you can piggyback onto my network. I can open a lightning network with you directly. So me and you can send each other um, Satoshis um, since we know each other and we're trusted. I trust your address and I trust you. So it opens up that um, peer-to-peer network a lot faster. But I suppose that is answering a question of it is faster um, transactions between two people. Uh, as far as what else a Lightning Network can do beyond micropayments, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, faster and cheaper are obviously the two major uh, advantages, but there's also a privacy component to it as well. So every single Bitcoin transaction is on-chain. So even if you de-anonymize yourself with chain analysis, there's usually a way to sort of figure out the endpoints whether that's your entry into the system from fiat or your exit into fiat from an exchange or something like that. So Lightning does, and then there are several proposals as well to enhance that, but Lightning does actually give you private transactions if it's implemented properly. And there are all kinds of solutions we won't get into, but they're fairly fairly well thought out in terms of uh, one person, like as you said, like piggybacking on a payment, so, for example, if I wanted to open a Lightning channel with a bar, uh, I could piggyback on your payments. In an, in effect, I'm paying the bar through you. But there is a privacy concern because you could actually see the transactions going to and fro. So there are certain solutions to de-anonymize those transactions and basically making it possible for people to figure out who's paying who. That's probably a topic we should get into at some point. Is Bitcoin private and anonymous? Um, not now, but I think that is something we will investigate because there seems to be a big misunderstanding about that. Yeah, absolutely. Is Bitcoin fungible as well? That's uh, another related topic. Yeah, so that's a good analogy. Uh, I don't think we need to go too far into the weeds in terms of how the Lightning Network actually works. But one good question is, and this is something that I went through when I sort of first heard about it, read papers on it, is one Lightning Bitcoin the same as one Bitcoin? And if not, how do they differ? Well, they're not the same in that one Lightning Bitcoin does not exist on the Bitcoin blockchain. It exists on the Lightning network. And when that Lightning Bitcoin channel is closed, then it's converted into a Lightning Bitcoin. Uh, into Bitcoin, sorry, because it's then recorded on the um, channel. Yeah, that's right. So there's yeah. one transaction which gets you from the main chain to the Lightning mm -hmm. Network. And then that could be, you could do 100 transactions, 1,000 transactions over 30 minutes, yeah. 30 months or whatever. And then there's another transaction to get you back onto chain. But in that time, yeah. you are actually dealing in a separate network with separate security and privacy considerations. Uh, the best analogy I can kind of come up with is when you go to like an arcade, one of the old sort of arcades, and you pay mm -hmm. money to buy tokens, and then you use those mm -hmm. tokens in the machines, and then you redeem those tokens at the end of the uh, time, whatever, and those tokens aren't money in terms of, are the same as dollars, but they are actually redeemable 
four dollars at the end, and they'll be recognised by the you know the cashier or whoever's uh, dishing out the tokens. Talking about arcades and tokens, I think we're showing our age here, Warden. Okay. Let's skip that. <laughs> no, that's a good analogy. So, um, yeah, for those younger people who've never been to an arcade and played games, uh, check out Mr. Which Robot. Which probably everyone. <laughs> yeah. But no, with that, actually, I just had a thought as well. So when we talked about um, there's a difference between uh, Bitcoin and the Lightning Bitcoin, it is still the same Bitcoin. There's still obviously only that capped supply of Bitcoin. And to use the Lightning Network, you're not creating any more Bitcoin. You're not copying them. You're just, as Gordon said, you're moving it from the blockchain to a different network and it goes back to the blockchain. So I think that's an important point that people may misconstrue is that they're thinking, oh, it's different to Bitcoin. It isn't different. You're just transferring that Bitcoin from the blockchain to a Lightning Network so you can use those micropayments. When that channel is closed, that Bitcoin goes back into the blockchain. So it's a side chain. It's not, yeah, you're not copying your Bitcoin. You're not making more Bitcoins. It is the it is bitcoin just being used for a different purpose on a different network yeah and as i said before there are actually security concerns because lightning isn't as secure as the main chain bitcoin has a massive proof of work algorithm behind it and lightning doesn't mm -hmm. but yeah. that's why you know you should use small amounts like five dollars ten dollars but those bitcoins exactly. so once you actually go from the main chain to lightning network or any other second layer or or any other sort of payment solution those coins or those bitcoins are actually locked up in a contract and there is no way for those sort of coins to get misplaced or move or stolen or anything like that. At the end of the day, when you want to settle up your tab with the bar, those coins, sorry, get unlocked from that contract and then mm -hmm. they get released again on the main chain. So there's yeah. no inflation of Bitcoin. There's no lost Bitcoins, anything like that. They're just locked up in a contract and then unlocked we're getting a little bit into the weeds and maybe we could finish here. But one of the things that a lot of these forks, especially Bitcoin Cash in the last two years, were all about on-chain scaling. Bitcoin's mm. too slow. There's 10-minute block times. The fees are too high, blah, blah, blah. So that's why Bcash, Bitcoin Cash, sorry, Roger, decided to scale on-chain. Whereas Bitcoin mm -hmm. said, no, no, we're just going to keep the uh, main layer, level one, the base layer as is, and we're just going to build all these uh, side chains, all these payment solutions, layer two solutions, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them, around them on top of Bitcoin. And so that's kind of the main difference between strategies of scaling on-chain and scaling off-chain. So the way that I like to think of it is that Bitcoin's a highway, and let's say it's got three lanes on one side of the highway. Bitcoin Cash and a few other blockchains decided to scale on-chain. So what they're doing is actually adding extra lanes to the highway. Mm -hmm. So a three-lane highway becomes a six-lane highway. But Bitcoin's are saying, no, no, we'll just keep it as a three-lane highway. we just build more on and off ramps to secondary roads. So there's yep. going to be some lightning roads. There's going to be some other payment solutions and all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. They are not the main chain, but they're kind of linked and locked to the main chain. So the scaling and the privacy and the security and all the innovation happens off-chain. So that's kind of one of the differences and, between strategies. And with that, that's a very um, valid and crucial point when it comes to information technology and security. And if you want convenience, so more lanes, faster transactions, that is going to be less secure. 
So that's sure. the trade-off you have in tech, which yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know is that um, convenience does not always mean safe and safe does not always mean convenient. So this was a way for Bitcoin to keep the blockchain very safe, but also allow microtransactions by having those transactions off the chain. So that car that you just mentioned, if that car is a transaction, can go off the freeway. It can um, get involved in smaller transactions, which are not, um, as you said, not as safe. But then when it, you know, it gets back on the freeway, it's joining such system. Yep. And if the freeway gets more and more congested, we just build more and more on-ramps and off-ramps. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah. Cool. Thanks, that, that was the strategy between, yeah, between uh, scaling on-chain and scaling off-chain. So I think that uh, sums it up. Bitcoin Lightning provides uh, faster transactions, cheaper transactions, and actually quite considerable amount of privacy compared to Bitcoin, normal Bitcoin on-chain transactions. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll do a version two of this uh, down the track. Absolutely. I think this will be revisited. All right. So, Excellent. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass or the Bitcoin Basics podcast will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.